welcome folks once again to the rich core yanks podcast uh a delay in uh putting the episode out this week because of the hurricane on some power issues down here in south florida but we are back season three episode 35 88th overall episode this week rich and dylan break down the yankees clinching the al east we talk about judge tying roger maris and hitting his 61st but not yet the 62nd home run we break down uh what's bothering dylan still some road raid issues uh we've got a great trivia segment uh you're not going to want to miss as dylan pulls it out in the end the complaint department has been changed to the up and in segment all that and more on this week's edition uh, i want to apologize we ended this week's episode a little abruptly ran short on time so i apologize for that but some fun stuff this week on the rich core yanks podcast so that being said let's get it Rick Vaughn gets the starting call today. We're told he matured a lot over the winter. Apparently, he's bathing now. Congratulations, Rick. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator, to complement his fastball, the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcast school has really paid off. A long-awaited edition of the Rich Corey Yanks Podcast, Season 3, Episode 35, 88th edition overall of the show. Uh, Rich and Dylan back with you after a little bit of a, a Hurricane Ian delay. Hiatus. Hiatus, but we'll get to that in a minute. Dylan, how goes it up in New York, sir? Getting uh, cold, colder and rainy up there, right? The fall weather is officially here. It is that. now 50 degrees each day. Uh, and that's, that's the daytime temps? Yeah. And you know what? I, I actually don't mind it. I like oh, yeah. being a little cold. I don't have to sleep with two fans on anymore, so that's great. I miss that. I miss that. Well, as you know, down here, uh, I am in Naples, Florida, uh, the brunt of Hurricane Ian. So we were uh, the reason we're delayed is because I had no power for six days, I think it was, and no internet and stuff. That stuff just started trickling back on in the last couple of days. So I am safe and sound. My family is safe and sound. Everybody is safe and sound. Thank goodness. Everybody as of today that I know down here has power back. 
a lot of people that uh, lived a little bit south of me, not so lucky, but me and Dylan were just talking before this. I'm not going to get people angry at me by what I said, but, you know, people that live on the beach, sometimes you take your chances uh, when storms come. So anyway, I apologize for the delay. Let's get right to it because we have a ton of stuff that's going on uh, since we last recorded. So your audio real quick this week is the Yankees obviously clinched the AL East. You're going to hear some post-game locker room stuff from that. Aaron Judge is going to talk about hitting the 61st home run and the pressure of hitting 62 a little bit from him. And uh, first take, Stephen A. Smith and him talking about the possibility or the gall of uh, Judge not to sign back with the Yankees. So that's your audio clips. Uh, we're going to get some breaking news from last night because I kind of did the show nights before last night. Dylan, and before we get into the millions and millions of roster news, um, Sevy with a seven-inning no-hitter last night. Looks solid, looks sharp. Um, argued with Aaron Boone when they took him out of the game, wanted to keep going. Did you see any of his performance last night? I did. I watched most of it. And looks, uh, very energetic. Dude, looked he looked good. great. And then with the seventh inning, he was still hitting 100. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's on point, man. It looks like the, the Yankees might have known what they were doing, shutting him down, trying to save his arm for the stretch run, huh? I almost feel at this point more confident with him than Garrett Cole. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it's that. Tough I think to say. We're, but... we're gonna we're gonna talk about like as I think um, maybe a little this week and more uh, next week's episode we'll talk about because before we record next time it'll be right before the playoffs and we can break down rotations and rosters because there are gonna be a lot of decisions the Yankees are gonna have to make. But let's get to the million and millions of uh, roster moves that have happened. Um, I'm going to go through it real quick and then we can comment or interrupt me if you want to. You say his last name from Iran. Marinaccio. Marinaccio. Uh, he's got a shin injury. He's awaiting an MRI. It's been a lingering issue, according to Boone, as he's had all year. He doesn't think it'll keep him off of the playoff roster. He thinks he'll be back pretty soon. Zach Britton, unfortunately, shut down. So he did get back in time to to get some work. And, uh, right he played one fatigue. game, right? Yeah, he played two games, I think. He came Three to games. one game and got rocked. And then the second game he looked good in and then got pulled uh, for shoulder fatigue, but they're going to shut him down for the rest of the year. I mean, that was going to be honestly like a bonus if we had him. I wasn't really counting on him being there. So Clay Holmes, right shoulder strain, um, not going to pitch until the playoffs start, but they say they, and he says that he's ready to go. Excuse me uh, for the playoffs. It looks like you're going to see a common theme here with them holding guys out until the, the playoffs start just because why not? Why, why rush it back? So um, Matt Carpenter, uh, believe it or not, is uh, swinging the bat. And uh, he's down in, uh, not in Texas with the team. He's down at the alternate site that the Yankees are setting up in the minor leagues at Somerset. And he's playing some simulated games and he's going to keep working out there so he can get even more swings in. And it looks like he's going to be good to go for an option on the bench for a pinch hitting option. Uh, once the playoffs start, Wandy Peralta. That that's a nice bat to have. We're going to talk about that too because we have, they have a decision to make on the bench. Uh, Wandy Peralta left spine tightness, which doesn't sound great. He's also going to go to Somerset. Looks like he'll be ready for the a- ALDS. Albert Abreu. Um, he's with the team in Texas, so I don't know if he's going to be activated today or what's going on, but he is with the team, so he's going to be activated over this next couple of days. They do have a doubleheader starting in about an hour now. We're recording this at 1.30. Um, Frankie Montas pretty much done for the year. Um, the earliest he could come back would be the championship series. It looks to me like, from everything I'm hearing, they're just going to shut him down for the year and start again next year fresh with him. Um, Andrew Benatendi, broken bone in his right hand. The earliest he could be back would be the championship series as well. Uh, I My gut feeling says we're done with him. He's a free agent anyway. I think he's just gone. And last night, Miguel Castro came back and looked good. Um, mm-hmm. 
pitched. It got activated yesterday. Pitched against Texas. So um, let's. I'm going to skip right ahead here. I'm going to jump to the bottom of one of the things since we're talking about bullpen stuff for the most part, though. Let's talk about the bullpen right here because we got to talk about Chapman and what the hell do we do with Chapman? Um, first of all, do you think Chapman might have thrown his last pitch as a Yankee? I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I. It's just hard to explain what happened. Like, it's just such a decrease in, in two years. It's just yeah. crazy. I mean, maybe he just, that was it. Like he hit, like we've talked about it before. It was like Chapman was, was famous throughout his career for throwing over a hundred miles an hour when he was doing this with Cincinnati and it was, it was an anomaly. Nobody, nobody did it. You know, maybe two or three guys in the league were doing it. Now every bullpen's got four or five guys or even starters that can throw a hundred miles an hour. So league can hit 100. I mean, you saw Stanton's home run last night was off a 99 mile an hour fastball that he just tattooed. And like, it's there. These hitters are almost better at hitting 100 mile an hour fastballs than they are breaking stuff now. And unfortunately, he has no breaking stuff. His breaking stuff he can't control. And I, I honestly think that's it for him. I don't think he's, I think, I think that'll be the last pitch that he throws for the Yankees unless Maybe they get him in one of these other games here in Texas just to give it one more shot and see if he has like a shutout inning. But to me, almost that's that's a bad thing because I don't want them to get their judgment clouded. Like he has not proven this entire year that he can be counted on. So why would you count on him in the playoffs when you talk about the guys that you have? Now, listen, the Yankees have had a lot of injuries in the bullpen from Chad Green to Michael King. Chapman's been hurt this year, Britton, obviously. But I'm going to read off the names of the guys that are left. And it's still a pretty decent bullpen. So Chapman is there now. You got Efros. You got Domingo Herman, who they pretty much announced is going to go into the bullpen. Johnny Lasagna. Uh, Lucas, how do you say his name? Lidke. Lidke. You got Trevino, who's turned out to be a decent pitcher. Clark Schmidt, who's been solid. Clay Holmes. You got Rocky Marciano. What is his name? How do you say it? Marinaccio. You got Peralta and you got Castro. Now, this is the thing that I will say. That's a pretty good lineup in the bullpen. That's um, decent. You, yeah, you got Herman that can come in and get two or three innings if you need to. Lasagna can get two or three innings if you need to. Lucas can get you two or three. So you got guys that can go length. And you got guys like Castro that can come in and get a tough hitter out. Holmes, who can get you a ground ball. Peralta, who never cracks under pressure, can just throw him out there with bases loaded and he's fine. The only thing that we're missing, to me, is a There's dedicated a closer. closer. Yeah, there's yeah. no dominant closer right there now. Albert Abreu is also going to be thrown into that mix possibly this weekend too. And I've said this before on this show. I think he has the stuff to ultimately be a closer. Obviously, we're not going to do that in the playoffs. We're not going to just put him out there. But it looks like they're going to go into this playoff run with no dead dedicated closer. It's going to be Holmes some nights. It's going to be Efros. It's going to be Trevino. It's going to be matchups. And I cannot think of another championship team that did not have a dedicated closer. Can you? Uh, no. I, I can't. I, I, I've never seen it before. Like, there's always been the guy that you go to, righty, lefty, whatever. There's always a guy that you go to. So I'm saying that Chapman's days as a Yankee are done. I think they'll use his last bad performance to say, listen, he's, he's, I think what you'll hear in the next couple of days is, oh, you know, we're going to get an MRI on uh, something else, his big toe or something like that. Something's bothering him, and it'll be enough to him to save face that he's not in the playoff roster. He's a free agent at the end of the year. We know they weren't going to resign him anyway. And then he'll just go away. And a team like uh, Tampa or somebody will sign him on a one-year deal next year. And he'll be fucking phenomenal again. He'll come back and be great. But I don't know. What do you think about the bullpen going into the playoffs still? Uh, obviously, without our big names, it's a little shaky. But I still have confidence that they can get it done. 
It's just yeah, the question I, is if they. We'll get I think you have to understand, like, in the playoffs, now, barring a game like where Cole gets rocked in previous years in the playoffs and he has to be taken out, like, after the second inning, if these guys can give you their normal, you know, five innings, you're not going to need all these guys. The first round of the playoffs is a five-game series, and there's three days off for a five-game series. So you're only going to need three starters. So that means, like, a tie-on or... Yeah, because you're gonna. It looks like it's gonna be Cole, Sevy, and Nestor, right? Your three, yeah, your three that's starters. What I would think. So until you need a fourth starter, which wouldn't be until the following series, you don't have Jameis and Tyon doing anything. So I don't know even know if they put him on the roster because he's not to really spot, he's not a bullpen guy. Else? Yeah, I also think that what they should do, honestly, in that first round for me is leave a couple pitchers off the roster because you have the days off. So your bullpen guys are gonna go every day. There's no more worried about, oh, they pitch back-to-back. You have three days off. So if you decide that, I don't know, whoever it is, let's just throw it out there. Say they say Efros, Trevino, and Holmes are your three guys that you can count on. Those are the three guys you're going to use all every single game of the series because you don't need the, the rest of them for days off. So to me, that's where you talk about a bench spot for like a guy like Carpenter because you can leave one less pitcher. You can go with 12 pitchers instead of 13 and go with like a five-man bench. And then your bench, you could talk about like bringing in a Matt Carpenter. Uh, that's the other thing, DJ LeMahieu. He's are you going to carry him in the postseason? I would say you would, right? So if you're going to carry him, he's a bench player too. So that's two of your bench players. Uh, you got a catcher. That's three. You have two more spots for bench guys. So you're going to carry Marwin Gonzalez probably. I would say, right? Mm-hmm. That's four. So you have one more bench spot for an outfielder, which will probably be Aaron Hicks, right? Or is he going to start? I guess he would start now at this point, right? No, no, no. I, I, guess I would no, start Cabrera. Cabrera. Yeah, okay, you're right. So it'll be Cabrera. So there's your bench right there. So you got Hicks, your outfield. You got Higgy, your catcher. You got Carpenter, DJ. I'm forgetting something. Who else did I just say? Five. Oh, Marvin Gonzalez. Yes. That's that's your roster right there. That's your five guys. Now, if you carry 13 pitchers, one of those guys can't be on the roster. Is that going to be right now? I would probably say Marlon Gonzalez to them in their eyes is more valuable than a DJ LeMahieu. And that sounds crazy to say, but he can play outfield. He can play infield. He can play first base. And he's not hurt. Yeah. And he's not hurt, you know, but now do you, do you want to have a big situation when you need like a clean single or a double? And not have DJ LeMahieu to come in. That I, you know, I want that bullet on my bench. So to me, I go with a with a one less pitcher because I don't think you're going to need it. If that means you got to leave Domingo Herman off of the first round roster, then that's what you got to do. You know, and to me, you're not going to. How, how what are the chances you're going to need a long man anyway? You know, I say that watch will need like a guy for four innings, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on the bench, Dill? I mean, they have some tough decisions to make and um either way i feel like it doesn't really matter they'll get it done you know i'm I'm just really hoping we play seattle instead of tampa bay that's all i hope right right now if it ended right now we would play the winner of the cleveland cleveland versus ray series so if it ended right now the rays would play the guardians and we would get the winner of the rays guardian series and Toronto would play Seattle, and they would get the Houston after that. But now that could change here in a couple of days, depending on what's going on. But it doesn't look like it's going to. It looks like we're going to either get the Rays, which 
I'd rather have Cleveland, believe it or not, than yeah. the Rays. Uh, the Rays are a pain in our ass. But uh, it is what it is. You know what? I guess we should go back to basics here. We jumped into the bullpen, jumped ahead a little bit. So the Yankees win the AL East. Um, it looked a little sketchy there at the end. God, they made they made it a little nervous, nerve-wracking there at the end. But they do win the division. Uh, they've still got a chance to get to 100 wins. Uh, like I said, we got a doubleheader today and one more game after that. Uh, what are your thoughts overall of the season, Dylan? How it, how it happened? How you went from maybe the greatest Yankee team ever to maybe the greatest collapse to one of the great Yankee teams again? Um, it's been a ride. Um, it's definitely documentary worse. I'm sure it would make a great uh, program just to see how a team went from, you know, so high, so high to like the lowest low. They're the third worst team for like a month and a half. For a month and a half, almost two months, yeah. I got a, I got breaking news, Dylan. Uh, oh, boy. Marinaccio out in, until at least the championship series put on the official IL with a shin injury. Well, it says out until the championship series, but I guess that's if he goes backdated from the IL for a couple days because they get the six days off or the five days off. That's enough time. So, Marinaccio, I guess it's not really breaking news. They weren't using him right now anyway. It's, but yeah, the season's weird, man. Like, we went from, I think you're in the same boat as I was. Like, when they were playing that good, we were like, well, they can't really be this good in the beginning. Like, we know it's gonna, they're going to come back down to earth. And then I think we got tricked into believing, like, man, maybe they are the greatest team ever. Like, and then they came back to earth and they started playing. It's weird. Like, if they would have had this season with this record normally, like where, you know, they had a decent start, ups and downs, ups and downs throughout the year, you'd be like, wow, that's a great year. But they had such a fantastic start that you look at it like, you know, and then there's such a bad leveling off period where it was like, Jesus Christ. All right. It was like, all right, just stop already. Come yeah, on. we get the point. We get the point. Well, they're at 98 wins right now with three to go, Dylan. And I give you that. Well, they get to 100 wins. You have three games left. Will they win two out of the next three? Uh, I think they will. Okay. I I'm confident. So I th- You know who I want that for? I want that for Aaron Boone, dude. I don't think Aaron Boone gets enough credit. I give him a lot of credit for what he did last night, grabbing Sevy by the shoulders in the dugout and saying, dude, you're done. You're not going back in. Like, cause he's, he gets, he gets a rap for being kind of like a pushover, like a player's coach. Like, ah, he's, he's always defending his guys and stuff like that. But this year with the whole banging on the table and we, it's right there and we, you know, he's shown a little bit more of a backbone this year and a lot of his decisions, he's, he's had a shorter hook when he goes out to pull guys. Whereas his first couple years, you could see he was worried about their feelings and like, well, I'm not going to pull him this year. If you fuck up, he's jumps right out of that dugout. Like, no, you're gone. So I think he's getting better as a manager, and he showed me a lot last night by grabbing Sevy because Sevy was fighting him on it. Sevy's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Sevy's looking down at him in his eyes, and he's like, "Nah, no, no, I'm not coming out." He's like, "Dude, so you're done." That's it. It's funny because uh, if you're listening to the game, David Cohn told the story about how Tory came down to get him once when he was pitching a no hitter in the seventh. Kind of the same situation. It was like, "Yeah, you're done." And Tory just turned his back and walked away and wouldn't let him answer him at all. So, you know, you got to know how to handle your guys. And I would like I would like the 100 wins for Boom. I think that would be a nice cap and uh, maybe shut some of these Yankee fans up. You know, some of these complaining, whiny Yankee fans. Oh, Boom should be fired, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what did he do wrong? Like, I can't point to anything this year that, I, that was an egregious thing where I say, oh, dude, what are you thinking about? Besides maybe pissing and moaning about balls and strikes too much. But, I mean... I don't know. Can you think of anything that you'd look back on this year and be like, my God, like, boom, what a terrible job doing this or doing that. Nothing crazy. Small no, things, not, maybe. Yeah. 
and the, and the complaining about balls and strikes is just you know to save face with the players. That's know, exactly what it's just trying to, to try to keep your ejected. trying to keep your players from not getting ejected, protecting your guys. Yeah. So and you can't argue with the results. The guy's fifth year in the league and he's going to make the playoffs five straight years. You can't really complain about what he's done. But I know, listen, Yankee fans, we're not happy unless we win the championship. But looking objectively at the season, uh, I think it's been a really good season. I think they clinched the division in enough time for these last week and a half when I'm not worried about outcomes when I'm watching the game right now. And if it wasn't for Judge going for this home run record, I might have the volume turned down on these last couple games because I don't care as long as somebody doesn't get hurt. To me, these are spring training games at this point. So um, I think it's overall a really good season. And that's a tough division to win, man. That is a tough division. Did you see the Michael K. burn on Vlad Guerrero? Yes. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, our house. It's nice of Vlad to let us use your house to celebrate in. So I don't know. Yeah, those those Jays are pretty cocky. They really are those young kids. All right. So before we finish up with this segment here, let's see what else can we get to. So uh, the other big news, obviously, Judge hits the sixty-one dinger. Has not hit the sixty-second. Dylan, Dylan, we're running out of time, my friend. He is running low on time. He's got three games: two today and one tomorrow. Does he get the last dinger? I think he's going to get it on the last game. On the last game of the year. Now, here's the downside to that: he hasn't been able to take a fucking break. You know, they, these are games that he'd be sitting out right now. He'd be resting. He'd be, you know, he probably in this series, had he hit the 62nd against Baltimore, out of these four games, he'd probably play one of them, you know, or two yeah. maybe at the most, and he'd sit out. Now, that being said, here's the advantage of winning that division again. They do have five days off after this last game of the series until they start the playoffs. So I know everybody's like, oh, you know, he's burning out guys. He's playing his roster. I'm okay with what he's doing right now, playing regulars, because keep him in the flow, getting guys hot again, Stanton starting to hit the ball again. Like, I'd rather go into the playoffs with these guys having success than these guys all struggling, struggling offensively. So, that's the danger of having too much time off. Is sometimes you think a team gets stagnant and they get relaxed and they're not really hot and they got to get back into it. Versus, you're going to be playing a team who's fighting for their lives, playing competitive baseball right until the end. So, this is where I think maybe the home run chase is good for the Yankees because it's keeping all these guys who know they won the division a week and a half ago engaged. These games are still a little bit important. Even though you're not really playing for anything, you're playing for the home run record. I think it keeps guys mentally checked into the game. So I think it'll be good. Um, I'd like to see him get it, of course. I, I'm People think I'm crazy when they say that because you know, everybody who knows me casually knows that I'm a big Yankee fan. And um, they don't watch baseball for the most part, but the judge stuff is in the news and they keep interrupting like their sporting events to, to show the judge at bat, like ESPN will cut in or MLB. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, I'm watching my fucking college game and they're showing Aaron Judge. What the fuck? What's up with your Yankees? So they know something's going on. So they ask me every day, oh, are you excited that he hit it? And I'm like, eh, I'm fine if he hits it, if he does it. And like, how could you just be, eh? I said, because I, it's a personal record. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like I want a championship. Like I, I'm happy for him. I want him to come back. I think he's a great player. He's probably had the best offensive season I've ever seen from a player. Marion Rivera was the most dominant player I've ever seen in my life. Hands down, there's no comparison. He had multiple best seasons I've ever seen from somebody with a ball in their hand. But offensively, this is the greatest season that I've ever seen offensively in my life. And I've been watching these games for 40 plus years. So um, I'm not saying I'm not proud of it, but it's an individual record. Like I want him to get it for him, but I don't give a shit. Like he tied Maris to me, that's enough. You know what I mean? Like if he had 59, it still would have been one of the, the great years, you know. So I'm okay if he gets it. I'd like to see him get it. But, I mean, him celebrating in Texas, what I really, you know, do I really care? I don't know. 
Dylan, what do you think? Um, I just want to say he doesn't look as locked in as he did during that one stretch he had. Like, like you said, he looked like a samurai. Yes, like, he did. You know, like now he's looking very, a lot more relaxed. And like last night was really like, I don't want to say concerning, but it was hard to watch that Marwin Gonzalez hit one before he came up and then Stanton hit one right after, after him. Like they sandwiched in between think, him. And I think he, didn't he strike out? Yes, he struck out and then between those? struck out struck out ugly too on a pitch yeah. you know, a pitch out of the zone. Um and then Stanton tattoos it and you can yeah. see judges facing crushed. the dugout like, dude. But then again, you gotta think like they're they're not giving him the same pitches that they're giving Stanton and they're giving Marlon yeah. Gonzalez. They're serving them. You know, I would I thought about this too, because uh, my son was over this weekend and uh, we were watching a little bit of preseason basketball on one TV and I had the Yankee game on the other no football. I do watch the Giants game and the Yankee game at the same time. And uh, so he's watching. He's like, what's up with Judge? Are you going to get it? And I'm watching it. He's watching it back. And um, his observation was, well, um, he doesn't, he looks, you know, he doesn't look, the pitchers don't look like they're giving him any, that's not fair. And he pitches to it. And I was like, dude, if I was a pitcher, I'd want to be part of that highlight. Who cares? Like, yeah. like you. how do you know you're ever going to be part of any highlight forever? If you give up that, that 60 second home run, they're going to show you on the mound forever in that clip who cares if given up a home run you're a pitcher you've given up hundreds of home runs like that doesn't define who you are you think they're gonna be like if it was i don't know name a great closer right now though any great closer who's a great uh, closer that guy uh, who's diaz Padres. in the mets who's the guy in the mets diaz edwin diaz if you're edwin diaz you're coming out there with timmy trumpet and <laughs> and you give up judge's 60 second home run who gives a shit? Like you had a whole career before and after that. No one's gonna be like, oh man, we're not gonna sign Diaz. He gave up that second 60 second home run. It has no relevance on what you do. By the way, great troll I saw of the Mets, of the, I don't know if you've seen it, but the Timmy Trumpet guy playing the song and instead it's taps. Da, 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 yeah. da. Oh, it's fucking great. We're gonna talk about the Mets when we get back because I just love trolling the Mets. So um, to wrap up on Judge, you think he will get it? Last um, game. Last game of the season. I say he gets it in one of these two games today in the doubleheader. I say he gets it in the first game, and then they sit him out the last two games of the season. So, um, which wouldn't be a big deal to set out the second game of a, a doubleheader. But uh, I say he sits out, and then he relaxes a little bit and gets a break. And, you know, his poor mom can stop traveling fucking state to state. <laughs> and Roger the, Maris Jr. The Mar- no, the Maris kids gave up. They didn't come to Texas. Oh, no? They did not come to Texas. Like, look, motherfucker. Toronto, New York, back and forth. We're done, brother. I mean, I guess in their eyes, look, you, you tied dad's record. We were there for that. So I respect what they said, man. And we're running a long time here for this segment. But uh, he literally called a fucking McGuire a cheater. He's like, nah, this is the clean record. That guy was, yeah. he was, clear, he was clearly juicing. That's it. He, he's a fraud. And, you know, Aaron Judge is the real home run record. So I was like, all right, well. Tell them how you feel. So, all right, guys, that's it for the first half. We're going to be back. We got lots to do, Dylan. I got some trivia for you. Um, we got a What's Bothering Dylan segment. We got a This Date in Baseball History. And we got a new segment. It's not a new segment. The Complaint Department is now called Up and In. So, we're going to be right back with all of that right. stuff in just a minute, guys. Hang tight. We'll talk to you in just a second. guys we're back with the show a couple more topics to hit before we get to um 
some housekeeping and some trivia and stuff like that. So let's talk about the Mets, Dylan. The Here good we go. old, the good old Metropolitans. Timmy Trumpet. The Metropolitans go down to Atlanta and they choke and get swept in a three-game series, and now will pretty much be guaranteed a wild card. I guess technically they were rained out last night, so I guess if and the Braves lost last night, I think. Did they? I think they did. So I thought I, they were off. No, I think uh, they lost last night. Let me see. I know the Mets were rained out, but I think what had to happen was the Mets had to sweep the Nationals three, and the Braves had to lose three. And then the, the, the they could still win the division, but it was like almost crazy that it was going to happen. But let's talk about the choke job that they did, having that big lead and then going down there and just falling flat on their freaking face. Uh, yeah, the Marlins won four nothing yesterday. So technically, the Mets were rained out, so they're going to have to have a doubleheader. They have three games left. If the Marlins can beat the Braves two more games and the Mets can win all three, they would still win the division. But very unlikely, so they pretty much have played their, their self into a uh, wild card matchup where they're going to have to use DeGrom and Scherzer and not have them ready. I mean, what a... I mean, they, we can both agree that the Mets' biggest weapon, even though they haven't been great their last couple starts, are those two guys. And if you win, say say you do win the three-game series, you can't start your number one guy until like game three or four of the next yeah. round. That's a big loss. And you're only going to get to start those guys once in that series, essentially. So I'm just, I just, you know, I didn't have any comments about it. I just wanted to revel in the fact that the Mets were shit in the bed as usual towards the end of the season and the Braves getting hot again, just like they did last year, right before the postseason. So, and then if the Mets do win, let's look at this way. Look at what they played themselves into. If they would have won the division, not only would they have the bye week, they would avoid the Dodgers in the next round of the playoffs. They wouldn't play the Dodgers until the championship series. By losing the division, they have to play the wild card, and then if they win, go to L.A. and play the Dodgers with their number four and five starters starting games one and two. So, ha, ha, ha. I love it. That's just typical Mets behavior Oh, at I this just point. love it. I just freaking love it. I really do. The Yankee, I'm actually starting as we get as we're recording here, so we'll actually be able to broadcast Aaron Judge's first at-bat here. How good would it be if we're recording the show, Dylan? He hits the dinger here. I know we're, there's no way we're going to be synced up between me and you. No, so he just gave someone a little elbow bump. I have the uh, roster on the screen right now, the lineup today. Uh, I'm, I'm still looking at him. Uh, all right, I'm going to pause it here. I'm going to attempt oh, to... Oh, there it is. There's the okay, roster. So I'm going to pause it for a couple seconds here. Clay Holmes okay. is out. Okay, I'm going to pause it. Hopefully we'll catch up. Maybe I'll let you know when it's on. Do you have a timer on yours? No, because right? uh, no. it's you're, live. You're yeah. essentially watching it live. Yeah. It's crazy though. You get it faster in Florida. You get it faster I get in it. Florida on street in New York. Yes, I get it. All right, now I'm looking at the ceiling. Okay, so I'll try to get it here. Okay, yeah, me too. I'm looking to judge. Yep. Okay. I think you might actually be a little ahead of me now. So let's see here. Now he's walking up the stairs. They're coming on the field. Oh, they're showing it on ESPN too. John Gray. Yeah, because Judge is up. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to watch here? What I'll do is I'll watch the ESPN feed because that looks like it's closer to your feed. Yeah, John Gray scouting report still up? Yep. Yeah, okay. 
So I will watch that here. So we're gonna take a break real quick, guys, and we'll call the uh, we'll call Aaron Judges at bat here live on the show. John Gray, huh? It's a generic name. He was on the Rockies. Was he? For the longest time, yeah. All right, so they got to do this whole thing here where they got to switch balls out. All this like shenanigans just to make sure they get well, the legit ball. Well, they should just start with the balls to begin with because he's leadoff hitter. So now, what is Aaron Judge? I'm looking at his dad who looks like a gomer, and then you got his mom who looks like a sweet old lady. But what is? I always thought that Aaron Judge was biracial. Is he not biracial? He is adopt. Those are his adopted parents. Ah, I did not know that he yes. was adopted. See, look at yes. you teaching me something new. He looks like the dad though, in the face a little bit. I didn't know that that was, he was Aaron dog. Judge looks like a like a nice like marble statue like he, his he's face. like a like a Greek god right like somebody yeah. chiseled him out of stone. All right, well, come on. Let's see here. If Judge hit the dinger on our call. Will we yell and scream? Though? Will we jump up and down? Will you yell? No, I think I'll just be happy. I gotta I'm not, walk. I'm not gotta walk into excited. the plate. What do you got? Yes, yes. Okay, good. So we're in did you see his batting gloves? He has the Statue not. of Liberty torch. Does he? Very nice. Very nice. Now he's talking to the catcher. Everyone's standing up. It's been pretty cool to see the reaction from the people. Except every time he hits a, a, uh, a pop fly, they're like, oh. So I gotta turn off the view of that. All right, they got him ready to take the first pitch here. Yep, he's digging in. Digging in. Ground ball, he will not get it done on the podcast. All right. Did I get it before you too? You did. All right. Well, sorry. <laughs> well, he, did. he did. He didn't get it anyway. So he didn't waste right. any he didn't, time. He didn't waste any time. He didn't waste. We, he told us to get back to the show essentially. All right. So we covered the Mets collapse in Atlanta. Uh, the Yanks remaining schedule. Obviously, they got the game they're playing right now, and then a doubleheader today, so another game tonight, and then one tomorrow, and then they are done. Then they're off until October 11th, where they will play the winner of the Cleveland Rays game right now. And who would you rather play out of those two? I think we talked a little bit about Cleveland, it. definitely Cleveland. Cleveland. Tampa always gives us a run for our money. Pain in the ass, those Rays. They really are, and for no reason. Yeah, they're just annoying. Now, what are your thoughts here? Uh, and we'll talk about this briefly before we get into the other things. The Yankees are setting up an alternate camp in Somerset to kind of keep the minor league guys that they might need ready to send some rehab guys down. Since the minor league season is over, you've got uh, no games to play, so you're sending guys down there to work out. I think this is a pretty smart idea. They're going to play some simulated games. So the Yankees are essentially said they're going to take one day off after the Texas series. They're going to have that day off when they go home. And then after that, they're going to show up every day to work at Somerset and kind of work out, go through some simulated games, some batting practice, kind of stay fresh. You think that's a good idea? Yeah, why not? You know, might as well play if you can get ready. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be, you don't you just them. sit around like doing nothing for five days. But I mean, even the regular guys are going to go down there. Yeah, you don't. So they're going, to, they're going to literally send the whole team. So in other words, they're going to get a schedule like they're going to go home on, let's see, what's today? What is today? Today's Tuesday. So their last game is Fourth. tomorrow's Wednesday, right? So they're going to be done tomorrow. So they're going to yeah. fly home. They're going to have Thursday off. Friday morning or Friday afternoon, they're going to report to Somerset 
like it's a regular day at work and just like practice. I mean, guys who are who are banged up and stuff, I'm sure are just going to sit around, maybe, you know, just talk over some stuff, go over scouting reports. But I think this is a good idea. I think this is really smart. Get guys together, keep them together, keep them in the flow. Don't let them go home for three days and, you know, get their mind off of baseball. Let's keep everybody locked in and, you know, ready to go. Do so. they not normally do this? No, normal uh, thing? normally what they would do is they might have uh, batting practice at the stadium. You know, they might just have like a day or two off and then come in and just do it. But they're running this more like a spring training camp where, you know, they show up. This is what they're going to do. They're probably going to stay in uh, Somerset, I would say. I doubt they would drive because a lot of the guys live in the city or live in uh, Westchester and Connecticut. So I doubt they're driving from Connecticut to Somerset every day or maybe they are. But I know that's where Cole and Boone and all of them live is Connecticut. So I would assume they'd probably stay in Jersey. I think that's better. I think that's a better idea. But. Give them a day off, get, them, get their mind off of baseball for one day, and then let's get right back to it. we got work to do. So, All right, so this date in baseball history, I thought it was appropriate. It's actually a week and a half ago at this point, but 1961, Roger Maris hits his 61st home run, breaking the previous record, which was held by who, Dylan? Do you remember? Who did Roger Maris break? Whose record? What Yankee did he break? Uh, Reggie Jackson. No, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was the Babe previous Ruth. record holder. Yes. The, the, Babe Herman Ruth. George Herman Ruth is actual name. All right. So there's no Baby Bomber report because the season is over. So our Baby Bomber report will be that the Yankees are going to be playing in Somerset. Before we get to what's bothering Dylan, we're going to do trivia, Dylan. Because I have a, a bunch of trivia questions that are going to be multiple choice for you. Okay. All right. Let's give get you it. five questions. You're going to need three correct to win the round. Okay. So you need to, to pass. get to the pass. Three out of five. So I have I have literally a bunch, but we're going to do five questions today. Are you ready, sir? Some of these are going to be before your time, but that's why I made a multiple choice. So it's going to be tough. Shouldn't be that hard. All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Who was the first baseball player to appear on a weedy cereal box? I'm going to give you your choices. Oh, uh, Oswaldo. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. Did he? Yep. Fuck. I looked away from it. Look at you. See? You bastard, you got me, and I, I looked away. All right, Joe, here, first first baseball player. On a Wheaties box. box. Joe DiMaggio, Mel Ott, Ott, Lou Gehrig, or Babe Ruth? Who do you think was the first to be on a Wheaties box? There is a picture in Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. on one of the vendors, and I think it's Mickey Mantle eating Wheaties, but that was not an option. So, not an option. Um... Uh... Joe DiMaggio, Mel Ott, Lou Gehrig, or Babe Ruth? I'm going to say Joe DiMaggio, just because I feel like I don't know if Wheaties were around when Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig were around. All right, so they pre The first oh. one, it was Lou Gehrig. Okay, wow. So that's one strike for you, sir. All right, let's go to the next one. Which baseball player holds the record for most hits in a single season? Your choices are George Sisler. Darren Erstad, Lefty O'Doul, or Ichiro Suzuki? I don't know any of these guys besides Ichiro. (laughs) Well, who has the record for the most hits in a single season? This is your generation, too, really. You should know this. All right, what were my options again? George Sisler, who I don't even know is. Darren Erstad, I know. Lefty O'Doul, I've heard of. And Ichiro, obviously, I've heard of. I'm going to go with Ichiro because he's the only one I know. You are correct. Each row is yeah. correct. So that's one. Of, you're, you're 50% here. Here we go. 
All right, which Major League Baseball player holds the record for most consecutive games without a strikeout? So most games without a strikeout. Is it Reggie Jackson, Chili Davis, Aaron Judge, or Babe Ruth? (laughs) Uh, My guess would have been if there was no multiple choice, Tony Gwynn, because that's what everyone talks about. Tony Gwynn never struck out. He never did. Um, So Reggie Jackson, Chili Davis, Aaron Judge, or Babe Ruth? I'm going to go with Chili Davis. Aaron Judge is the correct answer, sir. What? Yes, sir. Without a strikeout? Without a strikeout in consecutive games. So it's just consecutive games that. without a strikeout. Okay. I would have never thought that. Well, you'd be incorrect. I'm teaching you something here. All right, All right. here we go. Not looking good. All looking right, like well, well right here. two out of three. You've got to get the next. Let's see. you got one wrong, two wrong, one right. you got to get the next two right to pass, Dylan. So uh, here we go. Pressure's on. What is the name of the fictitious minor league baseball team on the Simpsons TV show? Is it the Springfield Fishbones? <laughs> the Springfield Duffs? The Springfield Isotopes? Or the Springfield Homers? It is the Isotopes. Correct, sir. And I know that because, number one, I watched The Simpsons. And number two, my dad's Diamond Dynasty team was the isotopes, the isotopes look at that okay all right so here we go last one pressure's on you will either pass or fail this edition and i do have more questions for next week so all right, all right here we go the brooklyn dodgers this is an old one but it's oh boy. It's, it's not necessarily baseball related it's baseball but it's baseball jace the brooklyn dodgers nickname originally referred to dodging of what they were the dodgers because they dodged these things the bullets or horse droppings, <laughs> the police, or trolleys? What did they dodge? The police, horse droppings, bullets, or trolleys? They got their name, the Dodgers, from dodging these things. I don't think it's bullets. Yeah, that's that's, that's a little extreme. extreme. <laughs> <laughs> to name a baseball team, yes. And who are they? Why would they be shooting at them? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, horse droppings, the police, or trolleys? Uh, I'm not gonna say the police either because I feel like back then the police were, you know. I like a that nice you. Image. I like that you're using logic. To get rid of this. this is good. This is very good. So your your choice is now elimination horse, there. Horse droppings um, or trolleys. It's either horse droppings or, or trolleys. trolleys. How many horse droppings are in Brooklyn? <laughs> I feel like it's gotta it's gotta be it's gotta be trolleys. Even you though are right, sir. It's trolleys. He comes wow. back for the win. Look at that. I'm gonna give you an applause. He comes back. After dropping yeah. two out of the first three to get all three and get the pass, it is trolleys. The Brooklyn Dodgers, they were trolley dodgers is what they called them. So they're basically, right. when you cross the street, you had to dodge the trolleys going across traffic. Very good. Right, Perfect. And who's going to name questions? their team Dodgers because they, they dodge horse crap? Or bullets, for that matter. Maybe a team out of Detroit now. Anyway. All right, so Dylan, it is your time. It is the What's Bothering Dylan segment, a lot of people's favorite part of the show. Dylan, what is bothering you today, sir? All right, so we're going back to driving again. Uh-oh, okay. A lot of my rage comes from driving. Apparently. I have some road rage. We're, we're, seeing, we're seeing this, yes. I just have... I don't have a lot of... Uh, patience? Patience for people's stupidity when driving. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, this is fresh. happened last night. Okay. Uh, coming home from work, right? Um, there's a four-way intersection down my street. Okay. And four-way stop. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Um, so everyone's got a stop sign, and you know what happens when everyone pulls up at the same time. It's complete chaos. Nobody knows what to go. Nobody on. knows. Uh, yes. You know, it's supposed to be the person to your right, but there's always a person on your right if you're all there at the same time. That's right. But so you know, we're all looking, and then I I just want to go home. I was at work. <laughs> So I just start going, and then some guy just like completely like floored it through the intersection. I almost crashed into him. Wow. So wait, he never stopped at the stop sign. No, he stopped, but then but I started barely, going, oh. and then he like floored it. So he didn't just say, "I'm casually gonna go." He was like, "No, I'm hauling ass." What a yeah. catch! Oh, Marlon Gonzalez made it. Did you see it? Yep. Wow. What a snag, man. What a dive and grab. That's he laid out Superman style for that. Nice grab. That's why he's gonna make the playoff roster. You bastard. Does he have a moss on his back? You see that? He's got got something weird on his back. You'll see this, guys, if you listen to the show later on, or if you've already seen it. Marlon Gonzalez lays out, full body dive, and right field. Oh, yeah, I see it. Looks like a tear. Looks like a tear, I think. Wow. No, you're right. It's a moth. He's got a moth. (laughs) He made the catch with a moth. The moth man. Look at that. His new name. Marwin the Mothman Gonzalez. Look at that. Nice play. It's still on there, too. Wow. Good it's for been him. over. I saw it. Good for him. All right. So let's get to the mailbag questions. Four-way here. intersections Wait, are bad. Four-way intersections. Dude, we're having that problem down here. With Dangerous. the hurricane. There's no traffic lights. So for three days, there was mm-hmm. no traffic lights. So everything was a four-way stop. I literally saw four wrecks driving from where my mother lives, which is the next town up down here. Four wrecks on the same day where right in front of me, just cars plowing into each other, sideswiping each other. And the bad thing about that is this one girl gets sideswiped, this young girl, her car gets sideswiped. She pulls over on the side of the road. The guy takes off in run style. And four hours later, she's still sitting on the side waiting for somebody to come because it's a fucking hurricane and they're, you're not a priority uh, for a car wreck. So they're just going to let you sit there. So yeah, four-way stop sign is very dangerous. Be careful out there. Please don't hit Dylan. We need Dylan around. So. All right, mailbag questions. Yeah, let him hit you, if anything. All right, Kevin from New York says, do you guys think that the Yankees can win a World Series title without a dedicated closer in that role? Kevin, thank you for the question. Me and Dylan touched on this a little bit. Dylan, can the Yankees win the World Series without a dedicated closer? I throw it to you. I don't think it's ever been done, like we said. and But I do think it's possible. You know, analytics are out. That, that's what most teams are run by and yeah. uh, a, a dedicated closer might be going out honestly because yeah, it's all yeah. about matchups now that might not there might not be dedicated closer you might have three quote unquote closers or they'll probably call them something else at that point situational like, know, yeah stop man or something like that or you know and those guys will be used between the seventh eighth and ninth inning depending on matchups so i definitely think it can be done just because it's never been done before and you might have a guy that ends up being a closer like it might be clay holmes or it might be scott efros who gets hot or something like that and matchups just happen to work out where he ends up closing three out of the five games or something like that just because that's the way it worked out so um i think they will i still think they'll next year they'll go into the season with a dedicated closer somebody in spring training will you know, be awarded that title or something like that just because that's the way it's always been done. But I think Boone said it best. He's like, look, we're going to put guys in the best position to help us win. And you've seen all over the league this year where teams are bringing in closers in the seventh and eighth inning just yeah. because the, the heart of the lineup happens to come up then. So it's basically matchups. And I think you're right. Analytics has a lot to do with that. So, and again, guys, if you want to send us questions, I know it's been hard for me to get back again. I had no internet for almost a week. Um, 
Kevin, thank you for your question. But it's richcoryanks at gmail.com. Richcoryanks at all the socials. And again, guys, I apologize for not getting right back to everybody. But all right. So our new segment, which was the complaint department, we're going to call up and in from now on. It's going to be up and in segment. And this go. is Sean from New Jersey, spelled S-E-A-N, which, oh, I, which I already gross. hate. Yeah, yeah, I hate that already. So, Sean, I hate your name. It means uh, and, and you're from New Jersey, which I'm not a fan of anyway, besides your casinos. But all right, here we go. <laughs> and I'm going to read it word for word again. And guys, you can't say that I don't only propagate the positive because the, I take the worst the worst emails that I can get to read for you guys. So here it is. <sighs> I finally figured out what happened to all the workers from Barnum and Bailey's when they were forced to close down because after listening to your shit show, the circus is definitely in town. <laughs> Bring back the elephants and lose this shit show. All right. So basically Sheen is a oh, Texas just tied the game one, one. He just ran into the umpire. Oh, I'm sorry. They took the lead. It's 2-1. Um, so Sheen, Sean from New Jersey, basically saying that we're we're a circus clown show. Um, I admire the wit uh, of the statement, which is why I picked it, because there was some other statements uh, picking on our show about uh, timing and stuff like that. Apparently, a national tragedy is not grounds for taking a couple days off to get your shit together and not put out a show. A lot of people, Dylan, this week were complaining about the timing of the show and why didn't we have an emergency episode right when they hit the home run. Uh, sorry, guys, but we do have lives, and uh, I had something called no power, no electricity, no uh, food, no... Anyway, Sean doesn't... You know what? I'm not going to give them an excuse, but up here, we would have no no idea what it was like down there no no absolutely not you, i mean guys if you haven't seen it on the news just look like uh you know 10 minutes south of me there's no longer houses like they're just gone so and not having power for a week in uh, south florida when it's fucking 85 90 degrees and humid is not the easiest time to get comfortable and sleep at night so it gets a little bit hairy so anyway so thank you for your comment anyway i thought it was pretty smart and that's why i picked it so the up and in segment so listen guys we're gonna have one more show before the playoffs i would say because let's see the playoffs would be one two three about over a week away so i think we'll get a show definitely within the next eight days so we'll have one more show and what we'll do is we'll preview the matchup we'll preview the rosters by then we'll know who's going to be on the bench we will know if the Yankees have uh, won their 100 games or not, which are not off to a great start right now as they're losing 2-1 to one to Texas. Um, again, I was telling Dylan this before, I don't really care uh, the results of these games. I just want to see Judge hit his dinger, and then we can relax and make sure, just hope nobody gets hurt. Um, you'll see a lot of, I would say, a lot of Peraza the next couple of days because I'm sure he's about to get sent down. You'll see, uh, oh, this is what I wanted to tell you about. My, my best name in baseball that I've heard all year. The Yankees started a guy the other day, though I'm sure you know where I'm going to go with this. Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi Gonzalez gets to start for the Yankees. I love the name. That's how I knew we didn't really care about the outcome of the actual games anymore when we start good old Chi-Chi. And Chi-Chi looked great. I found yeah, him on social media. I followed him on social media. He was great. He was, oh, I see what happened. They just gave him a run. Did you see how they gave him the second run, though? They didn't throw it in. They didn't throw it in. Marlon Gonzalez, after that great play, just let the runner never stopped running from third to home and he just casually tossed it into second base and gave up a run so the run he just saved he gave up so um bad job by marlin i'm sitting here singing his praises mothman we gave him a nickname 
he's ready to roll into the postseason roster, and then he just lollygag, which is great. I, I love the off. patches on the shoulders of the Rangers jersey. The, the 50 year. Oh, yeah. I can't see it. Oh, yeah. And it's the colors of the. Ooh, they're showing Marlon close up, the, and he realizes he fucked up. Where's that moth? It'd be great. If probably he just, left now. It'd be great if he left. took the moth off and just squished it. Like, ah. <laughs> well, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, rosters and construction and stuff like that and i was thinking about what we're going to do during the off season um, i was thinking we were going to transition a little bit obviously throughout the world series we'll have shows and stuff like that and then we really only have what november and december and january with no baseball because february starts baseball again we're gonna have the world baseball classic maybe we can talk a little bit about this year so we'll have stuff to keep us busy because i get a lot of questions what are we going to do when baseball is over we'll do some kind of show uh, it might not be every week but we'll still do a show and like i said me and dylan can go off on some nerd rants we can talk about marvel we can talk about other stuff um, oh did you on. see did you see japan the guy broke the home run record i saw that actually right before i came on i i i, I wanted to say his name but i would never I be able to pronounce it but the name of the team was like the, sw- the swallows the swallows the swallows which is a dope name for a team i like that like uh, swallows of the sea or something like that. Japan's got some pretty cool names, like for their teams and stuff like that. But yeah, he hit 56, I think it was, was their record? Yeah. 55. And he's what he was number 55 and wearing it in honor of uh, Matsui, I think they said was his uh, idol growing up. So uh, yeah, right. good congratulations on him, 56. As Judge tries to get 62 to get the American League record here, or according to Roger Maris, the true. The clean record. record. The clean, the clean record. Yeah, that sounds so much bad. It sounds worse. Like the clean record. Like you were, you were dirty. You were no good. <laughs> like filthy. I mean, listen. Everybody knew they were cheating. It was, it was common knowledge. It was what it was. But um, we'll see. And then they got to pay the man. They got to pay judge. But you know what? We're not going to talk about any more contract stuff until after the season. Let's focus on baseball on the field. Oh, big knock. Uh, they're going to send them. They do not. Bases loaded, bottom of the first, 2-1 Texas. And Tyon looking like he's getting slapped around here. It's just singles, though. Yeah, but no extra clean. base hits. They're clean singles, hard hit balls. I know, I know. Technically, they could get hit at somebody on the ground. Texas is pretty cool uniform, huh? Pretty good logo. Yeah. The we colors. Gotta, you know what? That's a show we can do a, a whole episode on, too. Ranking We're talking about uniforms. the offseason. We can really break down our favorites and break down, like, throwbacks and one of my favorites still that you know some old montreal expos ex uh yes i like the astros old uniform um there's a couple old ones that i like that aren't around old anymore, philly yes the royal blue they the royal blue yes not the powder blue you don't like the powder blue i don't like the powder i don't like the powder blue only because everybody does it now toronto's got a powder blue philly's got a powder blue somebody else has one too uh, the Rays have a powder blue. Texas like four, has one. Yeah, Texas. It's like five teams that have the same powder blue. I think it's. I'm looking you right now. You got me really looking at the Rangers logo. Clean, good looking. You. What do you? Where do you stance on the logo sticking out on the batting helmet now? That's something in the last couple of years that has happened. Where yeah, the logo is like kind of like, like 3D. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. I uh, I don't think it really matters. Do you, are you a fan of the new matte helmets versus the shiny? glossy helmets i i do like it but i i wish they had it like either away team had it or home team like they didn't ah, have it universal okay because yankees have it for away they wear the matte helmets 
Is that what right it is? Now. I didn't even notice that. I know they're wearing yeah. the mat now. I thought it was like a player's choice. You th- so you're saying it's road, they wear the mat, and then home, they wear the shiny stuff? Yeah, but now Texas is wearing mat at, at home, and I right. guess glossy at away games? I don't know. Well, a lot of these teams have fucking seven different uniforms that they wear besides the Yankees. Like they yeah. didn't. You know what I realized this year? They didn't do a player's weekend this year, did they? They didn't. They That's didn't. interesting, because I was curious to see what the jersey was going to be. Well, those jerseys are always ugly. I saw, you know, it was a judge's mom was rocking, or his dad was rocking the ugly one from last year, the black one when they played the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. The all black one. Of all that, that's the jersey that you wear to see your son break a record? Like, I don't know. Very interesting choice. So, listen, I'm biased for sure, but there's a guy dancing. Yeah, I was just about to say. (laughs) Behind the bug right now, doing like a hula dance. The Yankees are going to get out of this inning when only giving up two runs, so. Not, not too bad. bad, I guess. Could be yeah. worse. Bases loaded, I guess. You, you just get throw out it of to it. Severino. I just don't listen. I am watching these games, these last three games, just like I watch spring training games, which is I don't care what the scores. Just please, nobody get hurt. That's and all Judge hit the home run. Yeah, Judge hit the home run, and nobody get hurt. Second, he hits the home run. I might even turn the game off. Like I'm good. Like I'm I'm, I'm geared up for the playoffs. So, all right, gang, that's gonna do it. Uh, again, I apologize for us being late. But we are back. We are ready to go. We're fired up for the uh, playoff push here. We survived the hurricane. Yes, I survived the hurricane. I did not blow away. Um, We're going to get rolling next week with our playoff preview, we'll call it. And we got to do also our end of year uh, rating and review. So we'll make that a a double episode next week where we do the preview and we do the season recap where we'll grade out how everybody did for the year. So, Dylan, any closing thoughts, sir? Um. How is your uh, the show team going? How is your franchise ah, going? Ah, my my team is the the um, you were the peanuts, right? I'm the peanuts. I am the the Hudson Valley Rivermen. Ah. Okay, so Rivermen, get it like Hudson Valley River. Yeah. So uh, I I'm loving it. Uh, I finally, after the entire baseball season, have settled on an actual logo and a team in uniform. It's okay. taken me that long to settle on it so literally all year i've been bouncing back and forth um i, I it's kind of like a navy blue with uh, i try not to emulate the yankees colors because i find myself instinctively doing that but it's if if you go into the vault and just type in rivermen there's literally a logo set in there it's an obscenely weird character of a cartoon guy like a river like a, a river guy holding a bat but um I like the, the logo across the chest, and uh, they're, they're doing good. I got, uh, I think everybody got the Albert Pujols the other day. Yeah. Did you get that? Yeah, so I got that. Uh, I've gotten some good guys. I still don't really play. I I, I don't play a lot with my uh, Diamond Dynasty team. I usually just play my creative team in franchise mode and just go. You know, Did you win the World Series in franchise mode? I've won the World Series three times in franchise uh. mode. I think I'm, I think I'm on my fourth season of playing i just keep running it back running it back and i start i don't continue the team for the next year because once those guys are off the team you know once the season ends everybody free agent wise goes everywhere and i don't want to sit there and adjust everybody's roster so i start over again because i want to play again we've been over this people are probably tired of hearing it but i don't real play, rosters. Yeah, yeah i don't i like to play against real rosters and i only take guys on my team that were free agents or backup players for other teams i won't steal anybody's starters so I think my uh, center fielder is uh, from the Mariners, Kyle Lewis, who okay. you know they've given up on, uh, you know, guys like that, like you know, second and third string guys that are uh, 
you know, and then free agents. So every year I end up getting like, you know, Ali Perez and, you know, uh, guys like that that are free agents this year. So anyway, your team, how's it going? How are the peanuts? Have they won the World Series? Uh, well, they're not a franchise team, so. Oh, you're just playing Diamond I'm Dynasty. I'm just playing Diamond Dynasty, but um, I've got most of like the bosses like they do like the featured program yeah, i got yeah, most of them yeah. i got most of the monthly awards cards you know yeah. but i'm i'm kind of tired of it honestly I, i've you been know playing I, you know what i've been playing i've been playing that? the simpsons hit and run or not hit and run road rage the simpsons road okay rage. okay it's like See, crazy taxi we're gonna have plenty of stuff to talk about because we can do a video game episode we're gonna have lots of stuff to talk about guys are guys you seem to like when we talk just about other stuff like Dylan talks about driving and bagels or whatever that seems to be the favorite part of everybody's show yeah so we'll have plenty to talk about we go uh, I put Madden in I'm I'm on a limited budget so what I do is besides the show I buy the show every year but I buy Madden every year but I buy it a year late so I wait until the price goes down on the year before and then I buy it so whenever the new Madden comes out they lower the price of last year's Madden by like 25 bucks. That's when I buy it. So I'm always a year behind. So I actually cracked in Madden last night and started playing a little bit. And, um, besides that, I don't really play any other games. I play Fortnite. I play, uh, probably play Fortnite at least around every day just to get... My son got me turned on to it, Fortnite, because it was a couple years ago they had all the Marvel skins. And he knows I'm a big Marvel geek. So I was like, dude, that's, that's, that's Wolverine. That's so-and-so. So I started playing it and I kind of got hooked with skin. So now I just, my goal is, to, oh, we got a home run, Dylan. Peraza. Peraza's first home run, right? Is that his first? Solo home run, let's see. Let's see if they give him the side. Yup, first home run of the season. First major league home run. I want to see if they give him the silent treat in the dugout. Let's take a look at it. He hit a clean, nice home run to uh, left field. About six rows back. Let's see. We're going to give him silent treatment. He's heading into the dugout now. Nope, they're not. They're congratulating him right there. No silent treatment. Good for him. He's about to get sent down. So They said he's had some pop in the minor leagues, and he just hasn't shown it yet here because I think he had like 17 dingers in the minors. So Listen, the Yankees got some young studs down on the farm that are ready to come up. So maybe it's smart that they, they, they stuck with IKF for what? I think this year, next year he signed. Yeah, next year too. But if they wanted to, they could they could bring up like Volpe or somebody like that, or even Peraza as the backup full time next year and then work him's way into he clubbed that one, man. It's a clean shot. He knew it. I'm I'm sad though because he's not going to be And did you feel extra pressure to try to hit 62 here at home in front of the fans? Oh, no pressure. No pressure. Um, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, hit it at home and, you know, do something special like that for the home fans. But, you know, end of the day, you know, I got a job to do. I got, you know, my bats getting ready for the postseason. So, um, you know, it didn't happen. But, you know, the season's not over yet. Has this process been exhausting as you've been chasing history? just about exhausting as every other every other season playing 162 games it's a long season and you know thankfully we're in a position right now where we won a division so these you know last couple games we can kind of line ourselves up and get ourselves ready for the postseason so 
you know, it's just just another year, that's for sure. Do you expect to play every game in Texas, or do you think you could benefit from a day off? Well, I'd like to play every day, maybe not both the doubleheader games, but um, you know, we got quite a few games, quite a few days off after the season for the wild card and you know leading up to the DS so you know that's when that's when I'll kind of rest right there. Aaron, do you appreciate the affection that was shown to you by the fans during this final homestand? Oh, it's incredible. You know, like I said, Yankee fans are the you know the best out there and they continue to show the support, you know, day in and day out and then even for this process, you know, they're on their feet, they're standing. It's you can hear a pin drop before the pitch is thrown. It's a pretty pretty cool moment and they're just kind of gearing us all up for the postseason. That's for sure. How do you stay even keel and not get frustrated? Frustrated with, with what? Just with the pursuit of, for the record, with the fact that there's a lot of pressure coming from different places. You know, this is it's a good place to be. You know, um, very few people get this opportunity or get a chance to do this, and for me to do it, you know, in a Yankee uniform and. You know, be tied with Roger Maris. That's that's a special feat right there, and it would have been nice to do it at, do it at home here for the fans. But you know, like I said, we still got four more games. You know, my teammates, you know, keep me humble and keep me under control. So it's uh, you know, I kind of rely on them. Has it been difficult not to know when a strike or ball is going to come when you're stepping into the batter's box? Not really, you know, it's, it's part of the game, you know, there's stretches throughout this year where, you know, I had a couple of bats where you really don't get too much to too much to hit and, you know, pitchers kind of nimble a little bit, but that just that just comes with the territory, you know, it's it's my job to, you know, not be an umpire, it's my job to go up there and hit, so, you know, when I get a pitch to hit, you know, I got to drive it, and if I don't, you know, pass the baton, you know, especially in a game today, you know, I had a couple opportunities to, you know, especially the bases loaded, drive some runs in and you know, even try to get a rally going and, you know, just missed out, chased a couple pitches, but, you know, and just got to pass the baton and hope the guy behind you picks you up. I know a lot of focus has been on 62. Would it be an honor for you to get the triple crown? Yeah, that, that triple crown would be amazing, you know, but I think we're still still a long way from that. So we'll, uh, we'll see how these next four games go. Is it a little weird when the fans make you the focus rather than whatever's happening for the team at that moment? You just kind of you got to block it out. You know, you appreciate it and you know feel it and hear it as you walk up to the plate. But when you step in a box, it's you know it's it's time to do it, do your job. You know, it's as simple as that. You know, don't try to get caught up in the moment and just reflect it back to your teammates and just say, hey, I got a job to do. I'm trying to help the team win the game. That's why everybody's you know standing right now. So you know, when I had that mindset, it's kind of easy to block out all that. chances Judge is not, sorry, Stephen A., a Yankee next season? Well, a lot of that depends, Molly, on the New York Yankees. And we need to look at it in this context. The New York Yankees are the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. They are the Los Angeles Lakers of baseball. They are the team with the most revenue coming into their coffers every year. They are the team that should then thus have the highest payroll every year. They don't have the highest payroll in their own city right now. And the embarrassment that would wash over this franchise if the guy who they raised in their farm system, who they drafted and developed, who they saw turn into a superstar in New York City, then suddenly left in free agency because the Yankees weren't going to pay him enough, 
would be about as low an adir as I can remember for the New York Yankees. So my belief, just out of that logic alone, that the New York Yankees cannot survive the emotional hit internally as well as with their fans by letting Aaron Judge go leads me to believe that he will be in pinstripes not just next year but for the remainder of his career. Well, thank you for ending it with the uh, ending your soliloquy with that, Jeff Passer, because the way you just started off and you're, you're getting on my nerves because I said, <laughs> you and, and that damn Tim Kirkjian and, and, and Bustoni, <laughs> you never, ever bring me good news about my Yankees. Never. Y'all always, always bring me bad news. So the fact that you just said that and you ended it the way that you ended it, I'm very, very happy about that because I got to tell you something right now. When I look at this brother, Aaron Judge, I give him props for betting on himself. I think he deserves a lot of props for that, no doubt about it. What did he turn down? What was it, $240, $250 million that he turned down, Jeff? Was that about right? Was it? I mean, it was $213 million plus another 13. $17 million for this season. So total Got was you. $230. Let's put it this way. It wasn't enough. And That's the Yankees right. are going to have to pay Stephen A. $100 million plus more to get him now. Okay, now let me ask you this question because I'm watching the 61 home runs. I'm watching him bat over 300. I'm watching him do the things that he's been doing. Do the Yankees need to keep him because, oh, excuse me, you can't let him go to the New York Mets? Or is he somebody that you can see, maybe not 61 home runs, of course, but this is somebody that can be prolific for years to come? Will he be worth that in your estimation, Jeff? In baseball, contracts like the one Aaron Judge is about to get, generally speaking, they don't turn out very well, especially for hitters. I mean, we've seen Albert Pujols have this resurgence at age 42, but uh, that's the anomaly. That's the exception to the rule. And so the reality is whoever brings in Aaron Judge, whether it is the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the Chicago Cubs, the San Francisco Giants, wherever he winds up signing, the first five years of that deal are what they're going to be really looking for him to produce in. There's an understanding in baseball, especially with sluggers, especially with bigger guys, that they tend historically not to age particularly well. So when you're bringing in Aaron Judge and spending the $300 million plus million it's going to take to get him, you're doing so in hopes of maximizing your championship run over the next half decade as opposed to the eighth and ninth years of okay. the deal. Okay, let me ask you a real question right here, Jeff. If you had to fear that he would leave the New York Yankees, I mean, where do you think the likely destination is for him if he were not to resign in pinstripes? Inside the industry, Stephen A., the team that everybody points to is the San Francisco Giants. Aaron Judge is from California. It's clear he is very close with his parents who have been following him around this whole time. And being out in California, uh, I think, is something that would appeal to him. The Giants also are in a transitional phase right now. Buster Posey retired last year. Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt's contracts are going to be up soon. And so uh, to, to start this rebuild, if you will, with Aaron Judge at the centerpiece of it would be a great move for the Giants. But in reality, we know what the actual answer is, and it is the New York Mets. Steve Cohen is willing to go out and spend more money than every other owner in baseball. And this may be a painful thing for Yankees fans to hear. It I is. understand it. But, but the fact is, 
especially if the Mets don't win a championship this year, especially if Jacob deGrom leaves and they have a big hole in their budget that they would love to fill with a six foot seven, 280 pound man child who can roam center field if Brandon Nimmo leaves in free agency too, who can roam right field, who can hit bombs at city field. I mean, everything lines up there for that to be the play for Aaron Judge to leverage the Yankees if in fact it gets to the point where he feels like that exclusive negotiating period at the beginning of free agency isn't going the way that he wants. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. in Toronto that clinches the division title. No homer for Aaron Judge. Really good at bats, but he's happier to be popping that champagne right now. Absolutely, Bob. This is the first goal the Yankees have in a season where they hope they're the last team standing, and baseball is such a long season. It can be so rewarding, yet so frustrating for the Yankees right now. It's very rewarding. Started with an extra inning win on April 8th against the Boston Red Sox. 172 days later, the Yankees can say they are American League East champs. It was a long road. There were times this season when we were calling them one of the best teams of all time, potentially, because of the way they started. Then two months got rocky with a lot of potholes and a lot of hurdles, but they have reestablished themselves, winning 16 of their last 21, Judge putting on an MVP show. And as Bob said, Flash, I know the Yankees think that this is step one and they've got a lot more to do. Well, obviously, the New York Yankees, the goal is to win a World Series every year, but I just say congratulations to the players, to the manager, the coaching staff, and the support staff, because you guys have heard me say this sometimes. Sometimes teams make it look easy from the outside looking in when they win an American League East title and from when you get in that clubhouse and you step into the clubhouse the first day of spring training and you put seven and a half months of work together you realize how hard it is Jack you talked about the great start then things got rocky the one constant player has been Aaron Judge through this you can talk about the rotation has been solid but all around the field and all around the clubhouse players have come and gone they've been hurt they've been healthy they've been up and down down. So this is one of those times where I'm happy to see them celebrating because there have been clubs that say, oh, this is the first step. No big deal. We got to win a World Series. No, not tonight. Not tonight. You you celebrate the grind. You celebrate winning 95 games and you celebrate the American League East title. And certainly on this night, Jack, they celebrate what Jamison Tyone did in this game. Seven and a third strong innings kept those Blue Jays hitters at bay so they could rack up some runs and get the win. Flash mentioned the starting pitch. And when you look at the Yankee rotation this season and what it was able to do, if you were writing a book about this team right now, the chapter on the starting rotation, you would say that they exceeded expectations. And Tyone gave them exactly what they needed tonight. You heard Boone telling Meredith a couple of minutes ago he was a little short in the bullpen. You wanted to be able to get a strong outing out of him. And I think he asserted himself in terms of looking ahead to the postseason. I think Tyone gets a postseason start. I don't think there's any doubt about it right now. I think he's in the mix probably for a game four but I agree with John this is what you should do when you win a division title and guys they never fell out of first place since April 27th so though it was a long road and though they had to overcome some of the obstacles they created 
they maintained that first place possession. Guys, when you're in this clubhouse right now, there are very few times that you get to let it loose a little bit and be able to celebrate yourself and your club and all the hard work that went into this because when you wake up tomorrow morning, it's again back to that grind where you're going to be like, all right, we got one more game at Toronto, we have a day off, then we go home. So tonight, this is all about letting it fly for one night, congratulating yourself, your teammates, and again, I'm going to mention this. This is support staff. This is the coaching staff, the manager, the whole organization where they realize in there how much work it takes day in and day out to get to this point. So congratulations. Good job for them celebrating this. Obviously, Meredith is in the clubhouse. We'll get you in there for some interviews coming up in just a bit. But now, Jack, it's a chance to celebrate, to exhale starting tomorrow a little bit. Well, they probably are doing that right now. But also look ahead to what is regular coming up in the regular season and then they get that first round by well you already mentioned the name Aaron Judge we've all mentioned it a couple of times so I think now that the Yankees have the division the one thing they're still hoping for from a player perspective or at least one of the things they're hoping for is that he can tie Maris and then surpass Maris it's now seven games without a home run but overall Bob I think you're looking at get your bullpen aligned figure out who the relievers are that you trust heading into the postseason we saw what Trevino did tonight in getting that big double play ground out from Springer, utilizing that slider. Since he came over from the A's, the Yankees have said, we love your slider. Use it more. He's used it twice as often with the Yankees as he did with the A's. And the numbers, guys, two for 24 with 13 strikeouts against that pitch. You know, Jack, you mentioned getting your bullpen in order. And I would actually say this is going to be challenging for Aaron Boone a little bit because you want to give some of your guys who have grinded it out every day some time off right here probably I would say in the next four or five days and then you're probably going to want them to play that final game those final games against Texas because you're going to have five days off before you play your first playoff game so this isn't going to be completely easy here the next week to 10 days to figure out who needs and who needs work who needs a little bit of rest you know Aaron Judge is going to be the guy that's going to be playing looking for that home run record and rightfully so does he play tomorrow night in Toronto trying to get it done there or does he take that night off with a day off and then look forward to Friday night and the rest of the season they're not going to worry about that tonight they're going to worry about uh, letting it fly in that clubhouse and celebrating and enjoying the camaraderie and the teamwork and the grind that you go through every day to this point to win 95 games and just to the point about judge maybe a DH him or the full day off to get two full days off in a row but it's it's a great conversation because because they're just aching for him to get number 61. He has started something in the neighborhood of mid-40s games in a row. Earlier this season, when the Yankees wanted to give Judge a day off, often they coupled it with a team day off. So if they wanted to give him tomorrow off, couple that with Thursday, you get a refreshed and rejuvenated Judge going home on Friday to try and surpass Maris. Or perhaps it's a conversation between Boone and Judge where Judge says, listen, I want to stay on this chase. I liked my at-bats tonight. The guy saw 33 pitches across 
five at-bats and Flash, the discipline that he has shown, I can only compare it to Barry Bonds. I had the opportunity to cover Barry Bonds a lot when I was working for the New York Times and he was having his home run chases and he just would not swing at pitches out of the zone. We're seeing Judge doing his own version of that. Yeah, I think if you look at the box score of this game, you see Aaron Judge walking four times and you're like, well, obviously the Blue Jays didn't give him anything to hit. That doesn't tell the whole story. They went at Aaron Judge. They pitched him tough. And Jack, to your point, Aaron Judge just doesn't leave the strike zone. He hasn't left the strike zone from the beginning of the year. He's not going to leave it tonight. So for me, this is one of those celebrations that all the backup players, the bench guys, they're knowing that they're probably getting a start tomorrow. I was one of them. You try to celebrate. You're going to have a good time. You know you're going to have to play a little beat up tomorrow because yeah. you're probably going to have a headache. But you look forward to that to give your regulars a night tonight to celebrate and then probably not play tomorrow night all of your, your A lineup. But again, the question is going to be Aaron Judge, and that's a conversation between Judge and Aaron Boone to figure out how they want to take this thing moving forward. There's a lot of baseball left. The Yankees hope for them this season. But when you win a division like this, I also think it's a time to pause and recognize a couple of the amazing stories that helped get the Yankees to this point. Nestor Cortez is one of them, making the all-star team. The season that he has had, about 150 innings on the mound, an ERA of around two and a half. Totally consistent, totally confident, totally fearless. Might pitch game two in a potential postseason setting. And then Trevino behind the plate. Somebody that the Yankees picked up right before the season started. Won the starting job. Made an all-star team. And I think of those two guys as players who exceeded what the Yankees would have expected. And Flash, I've been talking to some of the 1998 Yankees recently. And when you were going to have an exceptional season, you need to have guys do things that you weren't expecting. To me, Cortez and Trevino at the top of that list. I was in Tampa at Steinbrenner Field the first day Trevino showed up. And I got a scouting report, which was great catch and throw guy, an elite framer. He's not going to hit much for you, and he doesn't throw great. But he's like having a coach out on the field. To Jack's point, he turned into an all-star catcher. And he's got the highest batting average with runners in scoring position in the American League. I mean, what, what a year by him, a career year for him. He's a guy who's got to be celebrating in that clubhouse. But then you think about tonight's game. Higgy goes back in there after we thought he'd be getting the majority of the reps early on, and he did, but he came out of the gate slow. He threw three hits out there tonight, yeah. and he's finishing up as the stronger offensive player at the end of the year. So a great situation for the Yankees where they got two catchers who have done a great job behind the plate all year long. Higgy's swinging the bat a little bit better right now, but you can't take anything away from Trevino in the year he's had. You know, back to Trevino in terms of his post-game comments, he sounds a lot like Aaron Judge. It's all about the team. It's all about how well they get along in that clubhouse. And I've always said there is something to be said for that. About guys genuinely liking each other, all pulling the same rope, you really get the sense with this team. Yeah, I think you get that sense, and winning helps that. I know people talk about chemistry. I think you've got to win first to create that feeling of chemistry and positivity. You never hear anybody talking about chemistry when a team goes 72 and 90. But I agree with you, Bob. I think there are likable players on this team. I think Judge's story has been the biggest and the greatest headline of the season. He will and should win the MVP. But all around that clubhouse, there are a lot of other good stories. Anthony Rizzo re-signs with the Yankees in the season that he was able to have 30-plus home runs. You look at other pitchers in their rotation and the job that they have been able to do. I would imagine Garrett Cole wasn't thrilled with the numbers that he put up there. 
Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> Like yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. Wow. I told him. <laughs>